Welcome to Tabletop. My name is Nick, and I think that fudging dice rolls is totally okay. Hey, it's me, Franco, and rolling for initiative sucks. I'm Daniel, and I think you should modify your first level characters as much as you want. And I'm Shade, and if your TTRPG hasn't evolved into a LARP, you've done it wrong. And we all host Tabletop, a TTRPG podcast about all things games and storytelling. And sometimes we have game designers, professional researchers, and even the occasional owlbear. If this interests you, listen to Tabletop every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts. Tabletop is a proud member of the Helios Network. In this episode of Negative Modifier, we'll be playing the game Delta Green. Delta Green, by design, tackles various mature themes that may be uncomfortable or triggering for listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, it's Charlie, Negative Modifier's Game Master. First off, thank you for giving us a listen. As always, expect something horrible to happen to the players. If you're a fan, support us by leaving a review on iTunes. If you hate the show, Consider doing it anyway and enjoying the fact that you've inflicted us on someone else. The most up-to-date news in the podcast, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And with that... What I'll tell you found is typical Delta Green, no questions asked, hotel, like the part of the science tad burnt out, tad gross, but serviceable nonetheless. Anyone do anything special setting up or now? How shady is like the uh does this clerk look? What are you looking for? Somebody who might be willing to erase camera footage when we're done here. This place is cheap enough, it probably doesn't even bother having cameras. Perfect. Yeah, you did your research well. Like you, you found places that like had people complaining about how like my car got broken into four times. They said the cameras didn't work. Never staying there again. There was a robbery and no one saw anything. Uh let's leave nothing valuable in the car then. Also, I am pretty sure that our organization is in the middle of a witch hunt, or we are the witches in this hunt, I guess. We should have a watch that sounds really strange, but one of us hanging out awake, just keeping an eye on things. We'll rent one room. Actually, we'll get two I'm close by. The church room, we sleep together, uh, sleep in at night. Well, if anything, I have not the best sleep pattern, so I could always take first watch. Besides... I sleep in the nude, so I'll go ahead and save you from that initial shock first. Okay. Lawrence goes to sleep in the bathtub. Probably the cleanest thing in the entire place because it can be hit by bleach. Yep. <laughs> That's why she's sleeping in the bathtub. Makes sense. I'll just go ahead and, uh, is there a, like a, like one of those like small like sofas or whatever that they have there? I'll say there is, yeah. All right. Um, is it one of the ones that turns into like a bed or is it just a... There are like actual beds in this room. So it's like you read an apartment that has nothing in it but random furniture. That's true. Uh, I'll just take the bed then. Sure. I will rifle through some of these cases and I want to see if there's anything unnatural. But also see if there's any kind of major connections between the victims. The notes you got given are not super complete. They're kind of just a general breakdown of the victims. and have rough background stuff. The age ranges seem to be kind of the youngest you find quickly is 27. The oldest being a Prudence Hawkins was in her kind of mid sixties, but the range is kind of just a little bit all over the place there. Looking at this from kind of a serial killer analysis perspective, do you have criminology or forensics? I have 16 forensics. That is more than enough to kind of notice the pattern. So there's some outliers, and this is there's some ones that don't match a pattern, but there's kind of a string of black victims, a string of kind of middle-aged to older victims, but the earlier victims are almost kind of random of sorts. Like nothing attaches Sarah Geller to Abigail Adams, to Patrick Shea, to Damon King, to Daniel Rothschild, to Avena Kovac. Prudence Williams is the first of the older victims, and she's followed immediately by um, Concina Hilla, who was one of the first black victims. That's multiple black victims in a row, jumping them back to an older uh, Caucasian victim, though. Okay. And it kind of just stick with that pattern for the rest of the list. And then the most recent victim was... The oldest was Prudence Hawkins. She's the uh, older one, the one in the mid-60s. How recent was this? Was it like a couple... You said it was a couple weeks or days? Days. Days. Does Prudence Hawkins have social media? Can I go check to see? Oh, uh, yeah. Give me a search on that one. Rolling for a 60 on search. Let's see what I got. Uh, I got a 22 critical. Awesome. Yeah. So 
yeah, she's got kind of the middle-aged woman Facebook and stuff like that. Uh, lots of Jesus posts, lots of posts about her kind of grandchildren and stuff like that. Nothing, nothing remarkable about her, though, except for the fact that she got strangled to death walking home. And then whereabouts was home? And one of the suburbs of Savannah. Like, nothing strange about her setting. Like, again, like, geographically, there's no connection to any of these murders either. They're kind of all over the place. And a chunk of them are kind of opportunistic outside ones. Some of them are busting into apartments. A few of them are in houses, even. Okay. And then is Prudence Hawkins survived by anybody? Yeah, some family. Son. Lives out of state, though. Gotcha. Can I do a general search about the tell an area could i just kind of walk around and see what's kind of around this area sure uh what are you looking for i guess because i'll probably have it at 60 i guess i want to get a general feel for the area kind of familiarize myself to it just because i don't i don't know if uh firestarter has been exactly in savannah before um, or has like a general understanding of just like savannah's local culture so Seeing things out of the ordinary, trying to figure out what is out of the ordinary is a little new. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So I'll just give that to you kind of for just general area stuff. So you're in a lower income part of town. The motel you're staying at is used both for kind of, we'll call it very quick stays and emergency long-term lodgings kind of thing. Like it's one of those motels. Nothing remarkable about the part of town you're in. It's, this is quite possibly the kind of most Southern you've been in some ways. Uh, Georgia's interesting where kind of it goes from metropolis, which is or kind of very density of Atlanta, to once you get outside of that, it gets rural real quick in a lot of ways. And Savannah's kind of an interesting overlap. Like it's a mix of very historical buildings. I guess kind of flavor of Savannah, it is allegedly the most haunted city in the United States. Like and it prides itself on just how many kind of weird ghost things happen there. Like it is very into how haunted it is as a city. It gets that way from a not great history, both from kind of a variety of brutal diseases, heavy involvement in the uh, slave trade when that was still happening in the U.S., and a variety of other stuff. Like the, like many southern cities, it has a dark history of murder, corruption, violence, and a lot of other stuff that tourism boards now are happy to benefit off of the, oh, look how many ghosts we have aspects of it, but between a variety of things that have happened there, Savannah has multiple mass graves throughout the city. Hmm. Some are unmarked. The research I did to this basically suggested there's a running joke of like, you're 10 feet away from a corpse at any point in time, you're inside of Savannah, not a fresh one, a buried one. Like it's, it's got, it got rocked at one point by a, I think it was tuberculosis. It's had a history of death and a variety of other weirdnesses that have happened. And as a result, it leans heavy into the haunted aspect of it for tourism purposes, amongst other things. Again, like it's also very beautiful. You Google Savannah, you'll kind of see a variety of pictures of kind of these long, natural, almost tunnels of trees reaching across roads. Those are more in kind of the suburb and rural parts surrounding Savannah. Like Savannah itself, though, is a city. It's a historic city, lots of old buildings, lots of brick, lots of nice kind of old kind of colonial historical looking stuff to it. And when you get outside of Savannah, it gets Georgia real quick. Georgia's famous for its peaches. There's farming, there's agriculture, but also it's the South. Hmm. From where you're staying, you would not necessarily know or see any of that, but you would be able to kind of understand that. Most of Savannah is kind of farmland and small town and stuff like that. Some parts of it aren't, but yeah, this is Savannah, Georgia especially, is definitely what you would refer to as the Deep South. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. It can get deeper still, but you are undeniably in the South. I'm going to take a step outside uh, or I already went kind of like around the building and everything else like that, just kind of getting a general feel of the area. I want to stop by the front desk and see if there's anybody there. Yeah, the guy checked you in is still there. He's kind of looking at you through some very obviously bulletproof glass. I mean, obviously, because there's a bullet stuck in it. looks at you. What do you want? You already checked in. Yeah, 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 yeah. There are places to eat around here, like 24-hour spots. Not open at this hour of the day. You understand it's like, 4 a.m., right? Like, this is a... Yeah, we're a city, but we're not, like, New York City a city. Look, man, sometimes he's got a hankering to eat or something. Just checking to see, new to the area. Kind of gestures of thumbs. There's a vending machine down at the end of all the motel rooms right at the end. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, hey, you haven't heard or seen any kind of weird shit that's been 
happen around this area, right? Outside of this whole like strangler thing. I've been hearing about people talking about this on like the Greyhound over here. Man, that strangler thing is blown way out of proportion. I think it's just a bunch of crimes that kind of linked together and someone decided to make it into more than it actually is. It's the tourism board loves to play up how haunted it is here and how all the history of Savannah. But, you know, weird shit just happens here, man. All right. Cool. 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 Just wanted to make sure. Just wanted to know. Thought if I'd try to walk around or whatever the heck, just didn't want to like, you know, how recently was this whole situation? And I just point at the bullet. Kind of looks at it. I don't know. Something that happened during my shift. Uh, that was a daytime thing. Oh, all right. Oh, yeah. The the day shift lady, her boyfriend came by. Oh, oh, I get it. Damn. All right, man. She's fine. She still works here, but that points at it. It's still there. They're better now. They're back together. Yeesh. All right. Cool. Thanks for the info. I head back to the room and I just guess I just kind of wait and see. I don't know if I nod off or anything else like that, but I stay up as long as I can. Yeah, you eventually fall asleep, I assume. Maybe you kind of swap out shifts. You, everyone gets some sleep that night. But yeah, nothing happens that night. It's uneventful. Next morning, what time are we starting off at? Like 8 a.m., 7 a.m., 10 a.m.? Lawrence is up at 6 and she goes for a run. Sure. I will get up at 8. The harsh light of day does nothing to make your lodgings look more appealing, but they kind of confirm some of the stuff that you've probably all looked up by now in some shape or form about kind of Savannah, Georgia in some ways. Like, again, it's a it's a strange mix. Like, you're probably on the outskirts enough given the kind of financial situation you're in for this locality that, like, you drive far enough and the city just kind of ends all of a sudden. It gets, like, as I said, it gets really rural really quickly when you get outside the city limits. Like, you can probably, from where you're standing, maybe not see farms, but metaphorically see the end of civilization, if you will. Like, it's just kind of trees and land after a certain point. All right. Evil. Make sure to take a shower, get presentable. We're acting like federal agents, so I tidy up and pop out in my little blazer and whatnot. Does our identifications have our names on it, or yeah, they have some fake credentials on there for you? Gotcha. They said they wouldn't hold up, right? They look pretty legit. On the last operation, those were kind of less. Gotcha. The concern was if they ran them, they'd be they would be problem, but. Again, you're not FBI. You're not real FBI agents. Again, these are very well-made fakes, but they are still fakes. Yeah. All right. Who's the who wants to be the special agent in charge? Oh, we let the new guy do it. New guy. I've been here for a minute, but all right. I was going to say, of all the people, uh, I think uh, Lawrence would be the best special agent in charge. Don't you actually work for the feds? I work kind of for the feds, but I am far too young. Uh. I guess. All right. So I did a little walking around. Not the greatest part of the neighborhood. Not really anything else outside or not really anything else uh, happening late night. Not even like a 24 hour joint or anything else like that. The most recent victim was a Prudence Hawkins. She's the oldest. It happened about a couple of days ago. We could stop by the station and get, as much, get some information or we could just kind of stroll on into the actual crime scene. We should probably pull the case files, see if we can get the medical reports. I can look over those and see if there are any similarities in there. I mean, it seems as if everyone's just been kind of strangled to death. Uh, but we already kind of knew that. Uh, no real major connections outside of just the first ones were kind of random. So whoever was doing this, if it was somebody, was just kind of testing that out up until they finally kind of started getting a hang of it. And then old folks, some African-Americans, more old folks. It's very possible that whatever we're looking for is using what's going on now to mask their own killings, or that it's all them, or it's nothing. But we need to find out. I pull out my phone again and just kind of hop onto Prudence's social medias. Does she have a funeral coming up soon? I'm not sure why we posted to her social media. Like, who would be posting that, I guess? I guess, like, a, like if there's anybody having like a little memorial service or anything else like that if they're yeah her son's posted there's a memorial service happening but there is a note about how the funeral is in delayed waiting pending the release of prudence's body gotcha gotcha wait they haven't released her body yet oh we could check out her body perfect um so to the police station and i guess the morgue police station first who's driving i can drive perfect all right well then uh yeah let's get going 
I guess I'll head on over to the car driver's seat and jump in and wait for them to get in. Uh, Florence will get in the back seat. Pop into the navigator spot. All right. And we're off. So, yeah, I'll start driving. So we're heading, what, police station, right? Is that what we said? Or where are we going first? Yep, police station. All right. So I will pull up the directions to the police station on my phone and just head over there. All right. Yeah, so you go to SPD headquarters. It's uh, kind of a famous building, actually. It's one of the oldest police stations, if not the oldest, that's been continuously running in the United States. So that's a fun detail for you. But yeah, it's a brick building. You kind of pull up outside of it. There's parking for you to get into if you want. Just go inside. Yep. Before we get there, do they have like, I'm, I'm going to get a, a ball cap, uh, just a nondescript like ball sure. cap at a store on the way and put that on. Sure. All right. You kind of like walk into the police department with authority or what? Yeah, I walk in, but I'm pretty subtle. As I walk in, I kind of want to case the joint or just at least see what's kind of going on. Is it kind of like a busy area? Is it just sparsely occupied? People just kind of typing away. What's the police department look like? Savannah's not a small city kind of thing. Like it's it's a decent sized city. It's not massive or sprawling the way like a New York City or Los Angeles is. But this is a legit city with multiple precincts and stuff like that that are attached to it. I think it's a yeah, it's got an army base in the city and stuff like that as well. It's a legit city, it's an airport even kind of thing. You could have flown into if it if you've been able to fly. So yeah, they're busy. They're kind of running around. There's uh, kind of you hear the voice. Like there's lots of people there. There's many officers. They're just talking over each other. There's kind of a a din there there's someone at the front desk has it that looks at you as you come in kind of maybe not expecting you but kind of like sees the fbi badges or sees the fbi windbreakers and it's kind of like just nods like okay what do you do i head up to the front desk hi my name is rocco Steele. i'm here to or i'm here with my colleagues to get some records there's been something that's piqued our interest and uh we need some access to some files well, welcome to the SPD police headquarters. Um, how can I help you? I'm assuming based on the windbreakers, it's um, Agent Steel, not Mr. Steel. Is that correct? Yeah, it's Agent Steel. But honestly, this whole formality and everything else like that, we could just be, you know, super chill about this. But if you want to go ahead and refer to me to, as Agent Steel, you're welcome to do so. Whatever makes you comfortable. I'm assuming you're here about the... Um, have leans in across the desk at you the strangling cases yes uh, it's been it is about these increasingly frequent uh, strangulations we heard there was a prudence hawkins that had uh, been a victim recently within the past couple of days and the body has not been released yet i wouldn't know anything about that she is the most recent of the departed though up you're in luck. Like, I've done typing on the computer. Detective uh, Boone is actually here right now. He's um, in house. He's been out most the most days, given well, you know, detective work, and he's the one assigned to this. Uh, I can direct you to his desk if you wish, or I can tell him you're him you're here. Well, what what is your preference on this one, agents? How about you give him a call? We'll start looking through some paperwork and doing a little bit of our research ourselves. Do you have a meeting room by chance? Uh, yes, uh, the detective will have to set that up for you, though. I don't have the ability to reserve rooms from here. But hold, like, I puts a finger up, like, dials a number, calls, like, kind of just a, a tired voice picks up on the speakerphone thing. She tells you that there's three FBI agents waiting for him at front desk, and he kind of, like, goes, uh-huh, then hangs up, and a few minutes pass, and eventually kind of just a tired-looking man, kind of early 50s, late 40s, kind of comes out as suits, not in good shape. He's been wearing it for multiple days. He looks drained, draggled, and just kind of like, well, he's been working a serial killer case with no luck. And it walks up to you. Detective Leon Boone, SPD. Uh, uh, you're with the Violence Crime Division of the FBI or something? I, Chief mentioned he was calling in some help from the feds. Special victims. Yeah, uh, my name is Agent Rocco Steele. This is, and I kind of gesture over to them. Just kind of gesture and say, uh, I'm Hank. Kind of takes your hand. Uh, Hank what? Aaron. Hank Aaron? Yep. Like the baseball guy? Yep. No relation. Well, I'd guess not, but I've, I've learned not to assume. And um, uh, uh, you, miss? Special Agent Sarah Havel. Pull off her hand. Kind of shakes her hand as well. Well, uh, welcome to Savannah, agents, I guess. 
I'm not sure to start with this one. Um, hang on a sec. I um gets his cell phone, makes a couple phone calls real quick, and he goes, "Okay, cool. Follow me. Um, we'll set up in one of the meeting rooms. We already we already kind of have. We'll set up the meeting room and use the kind of house all the stuff. It's our command center, if you will, and kind of leads you through some of the police precinct. And eventually, you arrive at kind of a, a normal meeting room. Nothing special about it, but there are just kind of boxes and files all over the place in there. And he goes, uh, welcome to the Savannah Strangler Command Center, I guess. Um, uh, yeah, I I can answer any questions you have right now. I can get up to speed if you just want to kind of go through some stuff before we talk to kind of get up to speed on stuff. I'm not sure what they sent over to you. I can, I'll be around all day. They, um, they're letting me stay here today, but now it all week up until this point. Well, first things first, you have a coffee maker? I have points down the hall. That one down there, uh, between you and me, though, um, there's a coffee shop down the block from here. It's worth the walk. The stuff we have here is one step up from caffeinated tar. Gotcha. Second question, what's your order? Oh, I I, I take my coffee black, typically. Uh, although these days I'm mixing it with Monster. Jesus Christ. I'm going to go walk down, grab us something to drink, and I'll be back. I'm going to leave you two at it, uh, make some pleasantries or whatever have you. I would also like to take this time as I walk out to the coffee shop, if there's like the entrances to the police station and just kind of like what securities that they happen to have. Yeah, normal security stuff. There's cameras. There's a reinforced glass. What are you looking for specifically? It's just kind of their munitions locations. <laughs> Those would not be readily apparent. Okay. You would not know the, I guess, exact layout of the Savannah, Georgia police headquarters, but assumably there's a SWAT department and there's an armory somewhere and probably a shooting range. Like, it's a legitimate building kind of thing. Like, this is, it's a real police officer station. Like, it's the type of stuff they have there. Like, you're not, like, they're going to have like anti tank weaponry. They'll have the kind of typical, just like police munitions and all that stuff set up there. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. They're not going to have it like out in the entry area, though, either. Cool, cool. Yeah. I'm going to, this fire starter's going to step outside and just grab some coffee. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Detective Boone, when are you slated to release the latest victim's body? Has the autopsy been completed? Yeah, but we're not releasing them yet. Um, we let a couple of them go in the early parts of this. We didn't know what was going on. We just thought it was a bunch of strangulations. But once this got bumped up to serial killer status, we started, you know, keeping them on ice, hoping we'd miss something important or when kind of gestures, when you all showed up, you might be able to kind of find something we didn't. Uh, yeah, uh, we, we've got kind of everyone starting at Constance Hilla on ice right now. I'd like to see the bodies if that's possible. Oh, that can be arranged. Um, are, are, I mentioned they're going to like a coroner down or something or some type of medical forensics expert. Is that you? Medical expert, yeah. Never seen one as young used to before, but I guess, uh, I don't know, a, a Doogie Hauser type of situation or something. Graduated really early. No skin off my nose. Yeah, we can we can arrange for that. We can arrange for that. They can pull them out of storage. Um, any of the bodies of a special interest, I guess? Like, uh, you, you missed the crazy one. Um. Prudence Williams was the cre- like, was the first really grisly murder. And I pause this for a sec. I guess uh, Mira Hurd's probably the only other, like, really especially grisly one. I want to take a look at those two first. Well, we don't have Prudence anymore. She was the last one we let off before that. Uh, she was unfortunate number seven. You have um, contact information for the family? Uh, yeah, she survived just by her son, um, Jim Williams. Uh, Kind of a loser, I guess, is maybe the polite way of putting it. Um, used to live with her. The, the house is still also all kind of locked up. Um, that was the first kind of really crazy crime. We officially accepted that this was probably a serial killer type of instance. Like that place just got wrecked and then some. But yeah, I need your son's contact information. Between you and me, though, you're better off not talking to him. He's just kind of a little bit weird, like... Maybe he's slow in the head or something, or just kind of a little off. You know, those kind of 40-year-old version types. Yeah. You have a card, detective? I kind of reached into a pocket. Yeah, here you go. Yeah, if you wouldn't, wouldn't mind setting up an appointment for me to take a look at the bodies and uh, the address where Prudence Hawkins will murder. Kind of like Jester said, it's all in there. Um, a whole list of addresses in there. I don't, I don't know the exact number off the top of my head, but it's all in there. Um, 
between you and me, we actually have a suspect we're looking into a little bit right now. Uh, feels like a bit of a stretch, but he's the only witness to one of the crimes. What's his name? Uh, Vincent Sackler, alias Buck. He's what you'd call a southern good old boy. And he happened to be a witness to um, Nina George's murder. All right. Has he been cooperative? He claims, yeah, so far, but also man of his background just happens to see the second African-American victim enter an alley, get strangled by a tall stranger, and then no one leave. That, uh, that's what put him on our radar on the first case. Um, um, we'll be sure to go talk to him as well. Careful if you do. He's, um, he's surprisingly rural to make this list. We're not quite sure what he was doing in town, but guess we'll come in from out in the sticks. You have a phone number for him? Yeah, it's in there. There's a whole contact workup on him. He's the only suspect we've managed to nail down at this point. And between you and me, it's kind of shaky at best. Uh, we're guessing it might be like a copycat of some kind or something. Is that what you suspect for some of the killings, or do you think all of them have one person? We're not sure. Um, you'll get it when you see the bodies, but like no human strangled these people. It's almost like someone put the head in a, on the neck in a vice or something and squeezed. Like maybe it's some like fancy garrote technique, or maybe someone found a way to hang a person without leaving rope burns and all that stuff that goes along with it. Like it's just you'll you'll get it better than I would. The, our examiner tried to explain it to me, and it, it's like someone just hates strangled these people. Hmm. I guess that means there's emotion behind it, which helps us build a profile. You say so. Uh, I would just kill to have this uh, joke unintended. This case closed. Uh, it's been dragging on, um, and the, the escalation, it, it goes against everything we've been taught about these types of situations. There was a kind of a, part of the reason we missed so many in the first case, we didn't kind of link them up, was the fact that this kind of seemed like bizarre strangulations. Bad, bad things happened to people. Admittedly, there may have been a little bit of a, I didn't come on the case till Vena Kovac. We were kind of writing them off as freak accidents up till that point and well first few victims weren't exactly people in note that made sense hell uh, we're pretty sure the first victim was that uh sarah geller person uh good time sarah she was known colloquially in certain circles all right thanks detective i'll give you a holler if we need anything else uh do you need anything and she'll look to um she'll just look at uh john i'll just kind of like nod i guess yeah well uh happy studying um, I'll be here if you have any questions, but I'm really hoping to get this bumped up to a federal level thing or something. It's just beyond us. Like we got other crimes to deal with. Like it's not like crimes stop because of this. These are just happening in addition to normal life here in Savannah. Um, just come let me know when you have uh, that appointment set up for me. Can do. And yeah, Florence just goes sits down and starts cracking open the uh, the case files. Yeah. And I'll just walk uh, and kind of hang around the general area where um where she's hanging out yeah makes sense i'll pop back with the little thing of coffees just gotta pass them around to everybody yeah hey uh, hey detective boone by any chance do you have any of those little bundle of sticks that was left behind i have rolls his eyes at this oh we got sticks we got 14 bags of sticks now if it wasn't for the sticks oh, he's kind of gets angry at this he's like the sticks are the dumbest part they're just dry sticks they're oak uh, it's uh, i hate those sticks so much every crime scene we're looking for them every everything we've gone to now every time there's a murder every time there's an accident we're immediately looking for sticks at the scene now well, yeah let me uh let me there is evidence let's let, let me see if i can kind of look through some of that you kind of like points inside the uh, uh the, the conference room see that pile of white bags that's all the goddamn sticks we've collected and in the corner, there's like, it's like piled for the ceiling. There's a pile of white canvas bags. They're kind of lumpy looking. Have they been separated per murder? Numbered and everything. Yeah, no, no, we wouldn't mix them together. Oh, you'd never tell them apart. They're just, they're just dried oak. I've had forensics run them every single time they come in. And every single time, it's just dry oak. Perfect. Go that coffee. Thank you, agents. Um, if you need me, I'll, I'll be at my desk. Kind of like tiredly walks off. I want to run an occult check on the sticks. I want like a help as well, looking at the sticks. Alright, so you've got this 
command center, if you will, this this conference room full of stuff, various boxes, the bags of stick. What are people doing first, I guess? Going immediately to the sacks of wood recovered from the scenes? Got thick gloves on, but let's break them out and see if we can figure out what the fuck's going on. Yeah. Same. That works for me. It's like the weirdest thing about the whole strangulations and stuff like that. Might as well check that out first. Huh. Yeah, so... Do you, like, do you pull stuff out of the bag? Do you dump one of the bags on the table? There's like a bin designed specifically to kind of contain evidence on the table that you could easily dump the wood into. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, so the bags are heavy, not surprisingly heavy, but like it's it's wood. Like what you dump on the table is a fair amount of wood. It's a varying kind of lengths, some thicknesses, like it's all kind of a little bit bleached looking. Do any of you live near a beach? I live in LA, but not a beach. Agent Firestarter would actually recognize this as driftwood. It is showing all the signs of kind of nature's kind of weird bleaching effect that happens when you submerge water for a long time and kind of leave it out in the sun afterwards. Like it's it's pale, too pale, but it's also kind of like it's got a weird texture on it. He's probably seen this in the aftermath of some fires that got wet and then dried out too quickly. Like he's uh, of the three of you, he's the one that's most familiar with kind of the various weird properties of wood and what goes along with that. Thank you, fire science. Yeah. And there's some there's some notes that go along with it. It is indeed confirmed to be kind of local oak. It's the oak that Savannah is famous for kind of thing. It the various notes for the wood kind of you're going through, they all kind of note that like, yeah, it's wood appears to have been submerged for under kind of undetermined amounts of time and has gone through kind of the bleaching and aging process that happens in those situations. It's dried somehow, like it must have washed up and dried and then was brought to the scene or something. Like, it's all, none of it's from the same tree. It's all just kind of random-seeming wood. And the bags weigh roughly the same. Like, but there is some discrepancy about how much wood and kind of the shapes of the wood per thing, I guess. Like, it's, they're all kind of roughly the same amount of weight, but, like, it's still there's some variation, like a couple pounds here and there. Mm-hmm. Can I cross-reference the weight of the wood bags to the weight of the victims? Is there, like, a significance to the pile of wood to the victim's weight? Nah. All the bags weigh more or less the same kind of thing. I, I will give you that... Actually, give me an occult on this one. Failed an occult check, 67 out of 40%. You were also over here looking at these, Florence. You want to take a look? Do you want to roll a cult for this or nah? Sure. <laughs> 96 out of 25 fail. Fuck it, I'll... I'll do mine too then. All right, cool. God fucking damn it. Hell yeah. 10% success out of 28. You're moving these around. And again, like I said, the the wood seems to be kind of random, but the more of these you look at, the more it's not a real pattern because you're definitely leaping at kind of conclusions. You're trying to stretch the truth some, but every single bag contains two chunks of wood. Like I, and I'm being like real vague about this intention because they're not like definitely looking like this, but kind of you're looking at this, you're kind of moving them around and every bag contains two chunks that like maybe to a kid or under the right light or kind of like squinting at them a little bit, kind of almost look like hands. Some of them have three fingers, some of them have two fingers, some of them have like two thumbs and four fingers. Like it's, if you're like making a scarecrow or something, these are the parts you'd use to make the hand. They're obviously not real hands. Like these aren't human hands. These aren't like gorilla hands. These aren't even like animal paws, but like looking at them ever so vaguely, they kind of feel like they might be hands. Like again, like using a kid's imagination and all that stuff, like they have, they ever so faintly suggest hands. And there's two of these in each bag. What are these like little golem hands? Bigger than that. Like they're about like, Again, kind of like going along with this, like assuming a pretending these are hands aspect of this, they'd be for like a, a larger person, I guess. They'd be big, powerful hands. Again, they're yeah. obviously not hands. They're just kind of like slightly curled, maybe a little bit gnarled branches that happen to have some kind of stuff sticking off them. Again, like they're, they're not hands, but amongst everything else, which is kind of random lengths and thicknesses and kind of twists, it's weird. Like you maybe like lay them all on a table with some numbers on to keep track of them. Like they all. When they're next to each other, it's like having, it's a collection that like a weird person in the woods would have. Oh, these are my, these are my wooden hands. I like someone would sell these on Etsy, calling them like hands of the forest or something. And other people would be like, oh yes, I need this for my like communing with nature stuff. Again, they're not hands, but they definitely suggest they're hand-like almost. So cross-referencing 
the hand-like wood with pictures of like the victim's neck that look like um these could have potentially been the the things used for strangulation yeah so the corner notes you have access to now that you're actually at the station and going through all of this stuff it appears and kind of and it's the same for all of these the strangulations are strange they were grabbed by some assumably larger male hands that kind of the, the estimated range they're giving it's like yeah the guy's probably like scale wise at least six foot five feet tall kind of thing and he's strong really strong but he's got like maybe some thin fingers to him or something like that like it's the, the markings on the neck where kind of it clamped down the skin are a little inconsistent maybe he wore gloves maybe he had some like apparatus or something but he clamped down hard but what makes it extra strange is that they weren't pinned against the ground they were, as best they can tell, lifted up off the ground and ha- strangled in air. Gotcha. Can I search for any strange markings on the wood? Yeah. Uh, what's your search at? My search is at 60. That's more than enough. Yeah, no, there's nothing strange about the wood. Again, aside from the parts that kind of suggest hands, it's just normal, dry, water-bleached, sun-preserved wood. It's just oak. There's all types of kind of chemical analysis and mass spec readouts for these things. If they put these things to the ringer, they've taken endless chunks off it kind of thing, and it's just wood. Do the victims have any, like, splinterings in their neck? Anything like that? No. Uh, no notes about that. Okay. If we're using a child's imagination, let's see if we can put these pieces of wood together in the form of a body, I guess. Yeah? Just, just to see. All right. We're going to make a little straw man. Yeah. Would if you have any art skills? <laughs> no. no. Nope. <laughs> yeah, so this would be kind of more of an art skill, I guess. This is an art project, if you will. This is also a puzzle, though, hypothetically, so I will kind of let you roll intelligence on this if you so wish. 24 out of 85 success. Yeah, like, so the answer is no. You can't, you can't build a person. You can't, like, reassemble the parts to make a person. But you can kind of... Through that lens, like putting the hands kind of like where they would be on the sides and kind of like, okay, this piece is long. That's probably like a leg or something. Oh, there's a bend here that maybe that's the knee or something. You do kind of put together. Yeah, it's possible to make a really rudimentary. I guess it might be a stick figure person kind of thing, like, but it's not like it's not just a stick figure. It's, kind of, it's almost like a wooden sculpture of sorts. Like it's just laying them out to kind of make the like various like legs and stuff. You have more pieces than that. Like you'd have to like, it's like, Oh, this like, you'd have to like mound stuff up to maybe make like a chest cavity. And these nine pieces go together to maybe make a left leg or something. Actually. Yeah. So Florence, you have, you have medicine, correct? I do at 55. Do you have anything in surgery? No. Yeah. Then I can't let you roll for that. Does anyone have anything in surgery? Surgery? No, I do not. Yeah. No. So yes. Um, these first aid. No, I'm looking for something very specific that you guys don't have. Yeah, it's you can kind of piece together something that, like, yes, you could definitely make a give or take seven foot tall wooden figure out of this. And yeah, it looks, it goes together in certain ways a little too simply, if you will. But fuck, it's not like obviously a tree person kind of thing. Like, it's like, yeah, it's. It is weird how many of the pieces kind of easily slot into each other, though. Fuck. Like, now that I'm looking at this in a different light, can I roll another occult check to see whether or not this relates to any kind of, like, Wicker Man bullshit? Sure. What do you, you're just trying to look for kind of, like, pagan rituals and stuff like that? Because Yeah, uh, familiarity with any kind of pagan rituals or just, like, I'm thinking, like, you know, Wicker Man. Is there any kind of relationship to that? I'm not super familiar with Wicker Man, like, in real life, but... I do know that that is a thing. Yeah, so I can be an occult rule for that. I fumbled the shit out of that. Wow. Uh, 66 out of 40. You're looking at this, and sure, you made it look like a person, but anyone with enough time and, and sticks could make it look like a person. You've heard of Wicker Man stuff. You've heard of effigies and all that, and this isn't that. This is obviously not that kind of thing. Like, yeah, you, you've just very successfully arranged a bunch of wood into a human shape and kind of while you're looking at this like pondering over this someone stops by and sticks said and oh you made a person cool yeah we did that once don't those things kind of look like hands yeah a little bit it's freaky but yeah you know wood like 
FBI is just like us and kind of walks out of the room, walks by at that point, leaves. Looking at this now, us having it assembled, could could I do an unnatural check? I don't know if that would be fitting here. Yes, I'm not sure. At, that's what you get first, I guess. <laughs> 79 out of 13 fail. Yeah, there's nothing obviously unnatural about this. Yeah, can I pull out just one of my Elder Sign bullets? And I just I don't want to like shoot anything, of course, but I want to like see rub it, it into like, it or something. What you're yeah, trying to do? Yeah, yeah. Which um, so what bag are you putting inside? You using the most recent one? Like uh, which? Uh... The most recent one. Okay, so the most recent one. Give me alertness at minus forty as you do this. Oh, right. minus forty. Sixty-six fumble. Oh damn! Yeah, so you kind of rub the bullet into this and. You're doing that, and the same guy from earlier walks by and sees you're doing this. He's like, guess the FBI does things different than we people in Savannah do. He just keeps walking. Yeah, nothing happens, though, as part of this. Like, he distracts you. Can someone shut the fucking door? I walk over and shut the fucking door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after I've done that, uh, I would like to um, break into some of my equipment and see if I can, like, look at the spot that I rubbed under a microscope. Yeah. No, no, I'll just tell you, like, nothing strange, I guess. Like, it's just, it's now wood that's been rubbed with a bullet, whatever the hell that would look like under a microscope. Maybe some of the, what's that, copper from the casing yeah. is on there or something like that. Yeah, it's, that's brass casing, copper from the bullet or something. Yeah, it, again, there is nothing chemically, physically, structurally, genetically, like, it's been put through every single conceivable test the uh, local PD could think of. And their conclusions are, it's just oak, some of the shapes are weird, and the fact they keep getting left at all these crime scenes is super weird, but there is nothing special about this wood. Okay. My last test, especially as Agent Firestarter, I'm going to cut a, uh, cut a chunk of this wood and just set it on fire. So, it is really flammable. But that makes sense because it's dry, kind of dried out, extra non-porous wood. It, it, it lights up really well. Cool, cool, cool. I just start waving to kind of put it out. Or I, I stare at it for a decent amount of time, and then yeah. I start waving it to put it out. Maybe we should have waited to do that until we weren't in the police station. It was a small chunk. It's not a bunch of fire, I guess. Like, it's... Yes, that was tampering with evidence, but... <laughs> yeah. Is there a camera in this room? I mean, probably, but also, like, there's a... There's a bunch of bags of wood. Like it's, We're going to be fine. Yeah. It's just a sliver of wood. It's not like it's going to change anything. It, it's fine. As long as they're not, like, up in arms against us, then they will not make a big deal about it, but we just need to make sure they don't get upset with us. I was running a test. Here, let me write it down. Sets ablaze as normal. No, sets ablaze is more than normal. It is, it is much more flammable than oak wood, than wood normally would be. Like, this is some prime kindling material. Sets ablaze more than normal makes sense given dry status or something make, yeah okay. yeah make yeah. yeah there it was a scientific discovery i wrote it down i it's okay I, it's not gonna be a problem we wouldn't be authorized to do that in here anyways it'd have to be a lab but it's fine they're not gonna care especially if solve this for them yeah all right now if you want me to like cross it out or something or i, I don't think it matters unless they get upset with us then it will but we're all outgoing people here very likable. Uh, she says as she sits down and opens up some of the case files and starts to pour over them. So is it time for some light reading, if you will, or? Heavy reading, but yes. Yes. So that was a bad joke on my part. Um, <laughs> what did everyone searches at? 50? My search is at 60 and my forensics is at 60. My search is 48. I don't know if bureaucracy would help here. Yeah, you all have, a you all have high enough search. I'll just give this to you as well for this. You spend a bunch of time reading. You go through all of the notes and the notes are a mix of just kind of wild speculation. A couple notes about how, like, the body seemed to have more in common with almost a hanging victim of sorts. Like, there's definitely kind of a... Some of the kind of injuries indicate there was, like, a jerking motion as part of the part of the strangulation, like a, a kind of a neck snap, if you will. It only happen, or it's common, I guess, more common with hanging victims or suicides of some kind. Variety of Detective Boone's notes revolve around like what is the purpose of the wood? Like, is it a dumb calling card? He speculates wildly about the fact that this whoever this person is, he's assuming it's a guy. He's like, it's either a weird sex thing or a weird race thing. I guess he's not quite sure which. He kind of seems to go back and forth throughout his notes. The part he's most confused about is the fact that this guy is as best as he can tell 
carrying a backpack around of wood to dump at these crime scenes. The bodies show no signs of being moved from where they're found. Like he's like, yeah, in the, in the situations where they were found inside of houses or hotel rooms or apartments, like the rooms are trash. I think it's smashed about like a struggle happened or someone kind of tried to run through it. But assuming this is a serial killer, this whoever this person is, is willing to operate in kind of broad view at night or inside of someone's residence, which is unusual for that type of thing as he understands it. Like it's it seems very opportunistic, but also like going through some more of the notes, you do kind of get a couple little pieces of information about some of the people. The second most recent victim, Maria Heard, was dating the fourth most victim, Damon King. The two most violent crime scenes were uh, Prudence Williams and Maria Heard. They were both in their homes along with Damon King. Most of the rest of the other ones, though, were just kind of at night in various locations, like along the street or something like that. Again, like at night, so they weren't not an excess of kind of witnesses about. But serial killers typically have like a traditional stalking ground or a comfort zone. There's none of that with this. Or it's almost like bizarrely specifically about the execution method. And the victims are a little less kind of connected. I think he's he's shown us a couple of things where like, hey, two of the uh, victims have the last name Williams. That's strange. Hey, there's two Prudences technically. Like, and the, the weird overlap of those are Rosie Williams, a Prudence Andrews, and a Prudence Williams. That seems to kind of jump out at him as a thing. There's no obvious link. There's no like shared location or anything that any of these people overlap at except the city of Savannah, maybe they went to the same coffee shop or something, but again, there's nothing enough to establish a hunting ground or a stalking ground of anything like that. All right. You want kind of some read-ups on the more notable people that were killed or no? Um, yeah. Yeah, so we'll go in order. Sarah, good time Geller. She initially the kind of crime was written off as maybe her pimp or something like that, or a kind of a John got out of control. Uh, again, it was ignored because prostitute unfortunately is kind of how these things work. She was murdered in her motel room. And that was the first instance and first murder involving the wood. Notes are like the door just got kicked in hard. Like she tried to fight whoever the attacker was with the smashed up stuff. She was found kind of strangled in the bathroom. The door for that had been smashed in as well. The bed had been kind of like partially overturned. There was damage in the ceiling where something had hit it or something like that. The assumption was that maybe like this person tried to lift her up and smash her head into the ceiling. There was some marks plaster in her hair. But yeah, again, like it's no no gunshots, no blood, nothing like that. Just kind of brute force and strangulation is the marker of the destruction at this scene. Abigail Adams, just kind of an unlucky one. Patrick Shea, same instance. Damon King was killed in his apartment. Young Rothschild, another seemingly random one. That was a public one as well. Bikina Kovac was killed in her apartment. This one, it seemed like the window was smashed in, though. It came from the outside, through the outside of the building, not through a normal door that makes any sense. Prudence Williams was killed in her home. This one came in through the front door and seemed to kind of bash its way through the house and then made its way to her and killed her in her bedroom. Constance Hilla was one of the random ones. Nina George was one of the random ones as well. Irene Carr was again one of the seemingly random ones, although three of those were outside. There are some notes that kind of what made Nina George's murder a little bit more noteworthy was where the other two were just kind of found dead, strangled on the sidewalk. Nina was found on an alley which they've kind of done a more kind of traditional crime scene of that of it. Again, they found nothing except a pile of wood and a dead body kind of thing. Some pictures of that. There's a dumpster, some pallets between a, looks like a restaurant, maybe an apartment building or a shopping building of some kind. Rosie Williams was kind of the return or the starting of the middle-aged women, middle-aged white women. Again, nothing kind of uncomfortable with her. She was strangled in a park. Prudence Andrews was strangled on her porch. Maria Heard was strangled in her home or in her apartment building. Yeah, kind of George is a lawyer, local kind of person of the community, and Prudence Hawkins was the oldest victim, and she was strangled in her home as well. Basically assumed if they were strangled inside, something just kind of broke its way through any obstacles to get to its victim. Interesting. And like again, like there's no gunshots, there's no stab wounds, there's no blood of any kind maybe some from the victims they got smashed against something but like it all ends the same way of these poor people getting just not even violently kind of methodically and brutally strangled while suspended in the air and then a pile of wood showing up at the crime scene when the police finally investigate okay one of us should jump on social media and see if all these people have a mutual friend if not then uh i'm not sure what to do 
apart from take a look at the bodies and the crime scenes. I can jump on the social media thing, but I'm actually more interested in what, if there's any kind of markings or anything else like that left in the bodies or crime scenes. Well, uh, we're just waiting for go ahead to go see the bodies. So until then, we can keep ourselves busy. I mean, it, we should all probably jump on the social media thing. It'll be faster. I will pull up social and uh, start looking. Ditto. Would you want to go off and inspect the body now, um, Lawrence? Or oh, if if it's ready, yeah, yeah, they're ready for you now. But oh, cool, that's cool. A, you've got suspense. Uh, yeah, looking through all this stuff took some time. Like if you guys got here at, we'll say like eight a.m. at or like nine a.m. because that's when you left. It's easy, like one or two in the afternoon by now. The bodies have been kind of pulled up and they're ready for you at the morgue. Sweet. Go take a look. All of you going or just Florence? I will be checking it out too. All right. Yeah, I, I'll follow along with Florence. Yeah, so you got to kind of go across town, go to the morgue. Kind of an older gentleman kind of meets you there. He's like, ah, you must be the FBI agents. I'm, uh, I'm local PD's uh, forensics expert, I suppose, when it comes to the uh, recently deceased in a medical way. Uh, I'm prepared for you. I pulled the three most recent victims. They're on the slab waiting for you. I can arrange to have the other ones brought out, but you're not going to learn anything we don't already know from that. They're just strangle victims. It's uh, all types of strange. I'll probably want to see them all eventually, but the first three is fine. Understood. I was warned that it was some type of a young doctor type of situation. Well, um, my name's Arthur Wood. I'm the medical examiner here in Savannah. Sarah Howell. Nice to meet you, Sarah. Tools there. If you need some assistance, I can see it. It looks like you have two uh, strapped and fine gentlemen to help you out as part of this. So if you need anything, holler. It's just us four down here. So I'll be in my office. Thanks. So the bodies he's pulled for you are Prudence Andrews, Mira Heard, and Prudence Hawking. Which one are you starting with? Uh, let's do most recent and we'll work our way back. All right. Yeah. So Prudence Hawkins, he's kind of tagged as uh, 63 years old. Yeah. Aside from being probably a little bit overweight and a little bit kind of just. In her 60s, there's nothing obviously medically wrong with her, but like looking at her neck, it's these deep, dark purple strangulation marks. Kind of looking more into that, like it's it's not just strangulation. Like the every bone in the neck got shattered. Like the windpipe is just crushed. Whatever kind of clamped down on this did with an amazing amount of force. Medically speaking, to Florence at least, it's pretty obvious. Like this is, could a human do this? Sure. Could most people do this? No. And again, kind of all the findings we're kind of going through this are consistent with, yeah, it's like someone was strangled and hung at the exact same time. You know what? I'm going to be right back. And I leave the that room mm-hmm. and I come back with the bag of sticks. All right. So you brought, you brought some of the bags with you? I brought the bag of sticks that is related to Prudence Hockett. Okay. Yeah. All right. Which one of these looks the most hands-like to you guys? We already found those. So I, I grabbed the, the bag of sticks that's the most hands-like, and I kind of lifted them up, and I kind of start trying to match it up with some of the strangulations, or strangulation marks as around Prudence's neck. Yeah, so it fits really well. Like, the bends in the wood line up, almost like puzzle pieces around the neck kind of thing. Like, maybe it's we're going to call them the thumbs because they're not, they're, they're not thumbs. It's wood again. Like this thing doesn't have thumbs. Maybe they kind of get in their own way. But like, if you're believing that these are in some way, possibly hands, sure looks like these are what strangled her. Anyone else seeing these guys line up? Yeah. I think we found the murder weapon. Let's keep that between us. Yeah. All right. We need to see if there's anything else that matches these people. Like they have any matching tattoos. I don't really know if I want to cut them open, but. They're already cut open. It's normal kind of corner stuff. And, I mean, Florence is just going to start, like, examining the body as she would normally. Oh, what's your medicine at? 55. Yeah, that's more than enough. Yeah, again, it's weird to say this, but there's nothing wrong with these bodies aside for kind of appropriate common medical stuff for those ages. Maybe someone was sick. Maybe someone has high cholesterol. Maybe someone has, like, a bad liver or something from too much partying or something. There is nothing that caused their deaths or strange about these bodies except for they are all just brutally strangled. If you were to line up the other hands that matched up with the right bodies, they all have, they, you can repeat the same effect pretty easily. Again, they don't go back together perfectly, but like they puzzle piece together around the necks a little too correctly. Fuck. Yeah. Um, this is, well, I mean, it confirms our theory. Hey, the thing that you were doing when you were rubbing that bullet onto the, onto the stick, if you start rubbing bullets on these folks, would you kind of get the same results that you were looking for? Or? Um, I don't know. 
like maybe I don't know. They were was it something they ate? Like you know how like that old legend of you ate watermelon seed is gonna grow inside of you. Yeah, I mean, I will just like kind of cup the bullet with my hand and just kind of like hovered around the people, see if it, they react in any way. Nothing. Nothing. They're just cold cadavers. Nothing's wrong with them. I mean, there's no markings that that relate them. Uh, no tattoos. Nothing strange. Like, I mean, feeling the neck, it feels it's broken, right? This is as much a strangulation as like a crushing of the neck. Like the only reason you can tell it's a strangulation is that, like again, the marks of a strangulation are on the neck. But like, yeah, like everything inside the neck, anything you could crush in a strangulation is just kind of mashed together. Maybe not into a pulp, but it's just crushed. Can Florence determine like how long they were being choked before they crushed? They were crushed, or I don't think that's possible. Uh, yeah, probably not. There's a set amount of time most people kind of die of strangulation in. I'll go back to kind of my comment of like there's all the signs of this is a simultaneous strangulation and hanging like it has the kind of blunt wounds and snapping motions of someone being like lifted up or stopping downward descent really quickly enough to kind of do the next snap at that point. You said there's a it's it's all bruised up but there's no actual like breaks in the skin as far as stuff coming out. It's all no. okay. Yeah, again, like to go back to what you kind of found in some of the notes and what people have talked about. It's like someone to put a clamp on this thing and just kind of sh- like clamp down the entire thing with way too much force. Again, humans can't do this. I think we're like kind of like an example of this might be. Florence may have at some point, at one point in time, seen like the victims of this actually happens with kind of people that work with zoos every once in a while. Like a gorilla will grab your arm and it's so strong it just kind of like crushes everything down to the bone. Like they're just, it's, it's way more than human strength and more than human bodies are capable of kind of withstanding in a sane form. Like it's almost an animalistic strength. It still feels very human because it's still kind of, it's a familiar human action. Grabbing someone's arm, that's a thing any human can do hypothetically as long as they have functioning hands. But if you had like eight times the strength of a human and kind of put all your weight into it at that point, you would just snap the bone. Like it wouldn't poke out necessarily. Maybe like, maybe one of the victims has a chunk of bone sticking up. That's not the, that's not what killed them. It's, pressure and the strangulation the crushing that was placed on the neck that's what caused the poke outs of any bone that happened but also there's so much pressure being applied to a small area it just kind of pushed it all together think like the bones inside of that are probably more akin to like crushed ice and bone shard than like big jagged chunks interesting all right we should go check out the uh, latest victim's home where this happened could i bring the bag of sticks with us uh sure i don't know your call yeah, they're not going to miss it. They're going to sneak it in my bag or something like that. We'll give back. We'll give back to them. If you're going to take it out, you should probably sign it out. They usually do an inventory check after someone's been looking through a case anyways. So Yeah, but that means that I'm going to have to sign a name onto an official document. You're signing a fake name, man. I mean, look, I, I don't know if it's a good idea to bring them, but what I do know is, is that after we're done with the police anyways, we're going to have to take it all and make it disappear. So, Aw, oh, fuck yeah. I get to set fire to a police station. Um, uh... Don't dash my dreams, girl. We'll talk about it. I'll just put it back now. We done with the bodies? You want to kind of investigate them more? I think I want to do a last once-over for any kind of strange markings on the bodies outside of the... Nothing. There's nothing that they're just... Again, the only thing that kind of in any way, shape, or form noteworthy about these bodies is the just ridiculous strangulation marks. Gotcha. Any weird smells? No. At this point in time, they just smell like formaldehyde. That one, yeah. Well, they've been kept on ice. Like, you don't, you really typically don't kind of preserve corpses in a morgue. You just put them on ice so they don't, hey. All right. Well, I am done with that then. All right. So as you walk outside of morgue, you get a phone call from Detective Boone. Hey, I. I set up an appointment tomorrow. Um, I, I called Jim Williams in to come kind of talk to you all. Uh, I think we kind of talked about that earlier. I couldn't remember, though. I figured you'd uh, want to meet the guy whose mom got killed. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, they uh, they used to live together, even. I guess, like, uh, he was out at the time it happened, but he's the one that found her. Yeah, we'll talk to him tomorrow. Yep, got all set up. He'll be, he'll be down. He's um he's an interesting fellow. Kind of just, like, makes a sound at that. Um, but, yeah, you, you'll see you tomorrow. And hangs up at that point. Oh, shit. Did he hang up? You can call him back if you want. What other questions you got for him? Yeah, just, um, did he say that the 
that uh, Prudence Hawkins' uh, house was locked up. We've got, uh, so he's like, oh, we've got the last couple crime scenes on, kind of like we've got them tagged to keep people out and stuff, but Prudence isn't worth going to. Um, between you and me, it's one of the more mundane of these crime scenes. Um, if you're looking to kind of investigate these ones, uh, you want Prudence Williams' house, uh, Mira Head's apartment, or Sarah Geller's motel room. Those are the kind of those are the interesting ones. We didn't kind of put two and two together on um, uh, Damon's early on enough. We kind of wrecked that one a little bit on our end, but I can set that up for you as well. But those are the ones that stood out. The other ones were just kind of unremarkable smash ins. Again, most of the people got strangled out in well, not broad daylight, but in the out in the street. Which, yeah, we'll still kind of get a check. I can set it up. You're not going to find anything. It's just a little old lady lived by herself's house. I just write down the three names. Yeah. He gave us. He's like, well, we'll take a step by step. Thank you. Hey, you're the agents. I'm just trying to save you some time. Uh, you can go hit all 14 if you want. Uh, I pauses for a sec. If you want to go check out the alley that Nina George was murdered in, it's right by the coroner's office. You'll probably walk there in 10 minutes from where you're at right now. Let's say you guys want to check out an alleyway. Sure. Sure, why not? Get over to the, we head over to the alleyway. Yeah, you got that information, either text you or you got it from other stuff. So, in the alley. 